Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our Purpose of Education podcast, and this is our final episode. So just a quick recap. Our first episode was about what we felt the purpose of education was in America and how the American education fails in some parts and what we feel like could be it can be approved on and the second episode was us comparing the American education system to the Finnish education system so today our final episode will be on the purpose of education in China and we'll just be comparing the Chinese education system to the American education system and we're going to compare things that we see are wrong with both or right with both and we'll just see like what we feel like that these education systems should incorporate or should change so I'm going to pass we're going to do a quick introduction of everybody I'm Alexia. I'm Bria. I'm Helen Bouchereau. I'm Gia. And I'm Shim, and I'm going to pass the mic to Helen. Okay, so I'm not sure if you're guessing, but I'm going to say because that's what people say. Um, I'm sure you're guessing why we chose China. This this whole podcast, really, our first episode was discussing a lot of the issues with the American school system. Our second was discussing how good the Finnish school system is and how America could be better and more like them. So we chose China because, well, as you'll hear in this episode, it's kind of the opposite of Finland. It's kind of what we would think is everything wrong. And in, I'm sure there they believe it's right, so they haven't changed it. But you'll find out this is just, and so far we've been discussing how the school systems could be better. And this episode we will discuss how it could definitely be worse. Shim? All right, thank you, Helen. I'm going to pass the mic to Gia, and then she'll introduce our first topic, which is um, the structure of a school day in China. Okay, so in China, the typical school day runs from the beginning of September to mid-July. Summer vacation is generally spent in summer classes or studying entrance exams. The average school day runs from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., or if you have, if students typically have clam school, or cram school, I'm sorry, um, the school day typically runs to 11 o'clock at night with a two-hour lunch break in between. All right, thank you, August. Gia, um, I'll start off by just saying my opinion on that. Basically, I feel like, you know, the... Oh, I'm going to pass it to Bria first. Oh, my bad. Okay. I'm so <laughs> All right, so I'll start off by saying my opinion on the education system first and, you know, how the education system is structured in China. And basically, I'm just saying, you know, the school days, it seems very incredibly stressful. And that same article that Gia said, it said that, you know, Chinese students are more likely, you know, they don't get enough sleep. And, you know, you know, they start school from 7 o'clock in the morning and they don't stop until, like, usually for high school students until 11 o'clock at night. I feel like that's really stressful. You know, you're in school for nearly half a day. No, you're in school for more than half a day. And that can cause a lot of stress for students. And who wants to go next? I'm going to pass the mic to Alexia. So I would just like to add on to what Gia said um, about the what the school days are like. So the average school day runs from 7 a.m. 7:30 a.m. to 5 p.m. And the formal education in China lasts for nine years. Um, and China provides all students with uniforms, but it, they do not require them to be worn. There are about 21 students in each classroom. And all Chinese students study from textbooks that that emphasize China's unity, past and present accomplishments, and its future. Students in China also have great access to computer and really advanced technology. And the computer-to-student ratio is 1 to 2. 
Um, this is Rhea. I would like to kind of like react to that and respond to it with how like America's um, system is structured. So generally we start our days um, from like seven and then school usually end around like three or sometimes I guess five in some cases. It depends on what type of school you go to. Um, we also have 13 years of formal education and I just think it's kind of crazy how their days can be so long and then they also have shorter, um, a shorter amount of time that they're actually in the education system. And I also think it's pretty cool that um, China, like, offers school uniforms. Because I know in America, if you have a school uniform, you have to pay for it unless you go, like, specifically to, like, like a um, organization for help or anything like that. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to pass it to Helen. Okay, so... I know it sounds a little extreme well, the way we're talking about um, just the work day, um, but, you know, I, I am hearing a lot of good things like the fact that they have a two-hour lunch break and um, the student-to-classroom ratio and things like that, but I feel like it makes it seem like in America we're kind of weaker <laughs> because, you know, these kids are making it and they're definitely, you know, graduating and they're smarter and they're doing good things. We understand that it's stressful and we wouldn't want to do that, but it kind of seems like complaining about America's school system is a little, a little, I guess, childish now. I don't know. Um, but definitely researching China has, uh, their school system has kind of changed my way of thinking for ours. All right. Thank you, Helen. And we're going to go on to our next subject, which is talking about you know, more about just a Chinese education system. Basically, you know, um, there are rates of passing, you know, like the competitive the competitiveness in the Chinese education system. For example, in one of the articles I read about the Chinese education system, it says that competition starts as soon as a child is in middle school in China because it's even competitive to get into a high school, not even just a good high school, but just a high school. According to an article, it says that only 70% of Chinese middle school students go on to high school. And it also said that, you know, if a parent sees that a student isn't doing great academically, they may put them in uh, extracurriculars such as, you know, sports or music or some sort of skill or talent in order to increase their chances of getting into the high school that they want to get into. And it, not only high school, of course, is very competitive with college. And I'm going to go into the standardized testing of China, which is called the Gaokao. And basically what the Gaokao is a long 12-hour multiple-choice test that goes over, you know, basic subjects such as English, math, different types of sciences such as biology, physics, chemistry, and different types of humanities such as, you know, arts, sociology, Sociology, I'm sorry, sociology and psychology. And it's a long, like I said, it's a long 12-hour test that's multiple choice. And if a student fails that test, they don't get into college, period. And I feel like, you know, that's, I feel like that's standardized testing. Even though I don't necessarily agree with the idea of a standardized testing, I feel like the way that America incorporates standardized testing is a bit more fair because it not only looks at two different tests, that try to measure for two different things, which is the SAT and the ACT, I feel like, you know, you have other things that you can give to a college, such as, you know, um, teacher recommendations, your transcript, you know, you can use your extracurricular activities that you did in high school to help you increase your chances into get in, getting into a college that you want to. But with China, it's either you pass the test or you fail the test. Anybody want to speak? 
So I would like to kind of like add on to what Shim was saying on in terms of like on the American education side because I don't know much about China's education system, but I do know about how um, America works, especially with like standardized testing. Like I just think it's like so wild that like China they have a their like standardized test. It spans for 12 hours. And then with the SAT, it generally is like four hours, and you do four subjects, I believe math, reading, writing. No, just math, reading, and writing. So three. And I always thought, like, oh, that the SAT is like so difficult, they don't give you enough time, and like it's really hard and a little unfair, but then it really puts things into perspective when you hear about how they have it structured in China. Um, um, now we're going to talk, get into our next topic, which is the distribution of education. And I'm going to pass the mic to Shim. So, um, I have an article pulled up right now. And this article basically says that, you know, in the larger cities of China, such as, you know, Beijing, Shanghai, these cities, you know, they have really great education for their students as their educational index is quite high, which is, um, in Beijing, their educational index is a point eight. 85. However, as you know, you go to different provinces in China, that education index starts to decrease dramatically. And I believe the lowest education index in China is for Tibet, which is a 0.54, which is comparable to the education in Bhutan. And I feel like it's kind of jarring, you know, how the government seems to, you know, how the government seems to try to concentrate education to these large, big cities instead of trying to focus on education throughout China. And I feel like the reason that is because, you know, Beijing and Shanghai, these are big cities with a whole bunch of people. And especially for Shanghai, you know, a lot of people in China do want to go into business. And, you know, they because China has like China is the world's largest growing economy. And I feel like, you know, China is trying to catch up by trying to teach people, you know, with their rigorous education system. But I feel like they're not doing it for everybody. They're kind of neglecting, you know, people in poorer, um, poorer provinces like, you know, Tibet, um, Little Mongo Inner Mongolia, you know, things like that. I feel like they should focus more on trying to improve the education system for everybody in China than focusing on, like, you know, three provinces where everybody lives. Um, I would kind of like to um, add on to what Shim was saying and also make a, like, comparison between a comparison and a contrast between the three countries that we've brung up so this far, thus far. And so I feel that China and America compare with their division of education because if you like come to America you can notice that they put certain like schools in like wealthier neighborhoods like they put these schools where they funnel in more funding and more money and these schools have more resources and they typically have a higher quality of education than you can see in the poorer communities or in the lower income communities these schools don't have much funding they don't funnel in as much resources to these schools and the education tends to be I don't know if I want to say subpar but a little bit like lacking in quality in these poor um, neighborhoods and then when you compare all the other when you compare Finland and um, not Finland and America but when you compare China and America to Finland it's like this big drastic kind of like contrast with Finland being like equal across the board where you have government funding going to all of these public schools so that they're equal and you have the rich kids and the poor kids going to school together and getting the same 
quality education and I just kind of think it's really jarring how we can how many comparisons you can find in China's education system and in America's education system would anybody else like to speak here you go um, I'm going to go first, and then I'll give the uh, microphone to Gia, because me and Gia were talking about something that kind of made me remember something. So I was speaking, remember, I was speaking with one of my Chinese teachers, and she said, you know, um, China, the way they teach their education is very lecture-based, and, you know, some students might get bored of that. And with this saying, I'll go past the microphone to Gia. Okay, so adding on to what Shim said, um, the type of quality, or not so much the quality, just specifically the way things are taught in China versus the way things are taught in America, it's more how China is very lecture-based, very, and they don't even use calculators. I'll just speak off of that. They don't even use calculators. They're more memorized things from textbooks and more memorized basic calculation skills. That stuff is very crucial in a Chinese education system, whereas in America, things are more based on how to um, how to grow your creativity skills, which is why Chinese students are more likely to win a math competition versus how American students are more likely to win a Nobel Prize. Okay. Um, we're talking a lot about, um, you know, China versus America, and just to bring back in Finland, we, um, we said America isn't necessarily, well, going off of what August said, um, America isn't necessarily this where we um we promote creativity more than anything. China, yes, is very um what is it where they just do a lot of lectures, uh so very lecture based. And yes, they would memorize more. But we have stated in previous episodes that we don't believe that's like a good way to learn. So why is it working there and less here? No, because we don't we don't like that. The best the best way we learn as Americans is through actual like you know in the classroom. I mean. I, outside the classroom just you know you know living life and learning from that and in Finland they do that more so they go outside the classroom to learn because that's what's necessary but in China they have amazing test scores and they're very you know book smart but they don't they they don't go outside the classroom much it's very mathematical and technical August Okay, so I would just like to add on to what Helen said. I think that um, the reason these different techniques don't work in different countries is because each country is very used to learning in their own type of style. Finland is more used to going outside and learning things on their own and being more creative than Americans, while Chinese are more used to sitting in a classroom and memorizing facts. So I, I would just like to add that China recruits their teachers from the top 30% of the graduate school cohort, while the U.S. recruits their teachers from the bottom 30%. So I found that to be really interesting, and I think that's kind of a huge part of why China is so successful in their American educa in their education system compared to America, because the teachers here aren't as good as the Chinese ones. Um, I would like to add on some extra or like some additional information to what Alexia said. So I was reading an article and it was talking about how teachers in China get a lot more resources like and it, the business, the teaching industry is way more lucrative in China. Um, so I'll start with the resources. So all Chinese teachers are entered into like Chinese te teaching study groups 
and they go over like different resources they go over the material that they're given for the year they make lesson plans and they try to like look at what's the best teaching method and I think that's very helpful because it allows teachers to improve and grow and then also why it's very lucrative is because all teachers are graded professionally and ranked professionally and if you go up high enough in rank you can start to um, shift social classes or social status and I think that's why the teaching industry is a lot a lot more lucrative and you have a better quality of education because the teachers have a motivation to do better. And I just want to add off of what Bria said and I don't really necessarily in like agree with most of how the Chinese education system is ran but if I do have to agree with one thing I do like how you know the Chinese teachers are more respected in their like in China in their community as opposed to America because you know everybody knows in America that teachers really don't make that much unless they may teach at a private school or you know they get a tenure for being a professor but grade school teachers you know K to 12 they don't really get paid that much however I feel like this competition between teachers in China you know, it forces them to, you know, want to teach their students more. Only problem I can see this doing is, you know, this kind of gets really competitive and, you know, they kind of can get... Only issue I see is, you know, teachers themselves, they can get stressed out, but as long as the Chinese government, as long as the government is providing them with, you know, the resources to manage their stress, I feel like this competition between teachers to teach their students better can, you know, improve the quality of education because they're kind of forced to, um, you know, better their education system. So we're going to finally close this up one last time. So our final... Um, topic is you know what we feel our um, purpose of education is and how China fits into it and maybe just any final notes we have um, anybody wants to start so uh, the purpose of education in China to me I think is to make sure everyone receives an education and develops morally intellectually and physically to become a worker with both a socialist consciousness and culture? I think the purpose of Chinese education is to prepare students for the very competitive world, especially when they try to go and look for jobs because a lot of these jobs take the best of the best and they take the most competitive and the people who are at the top. And so I think that the education system really prepares them with for this, especially when you go from middle school to high school because you have to take these really difficult exams in order to get in. So as I mentioned before in the previous podcast, my purpose of education is basically setting up the foundation of morals or building up a perspective for someone before they go off and experience the world for themselves. That should be done in school. And China, of course, as you might have picked up during this podcast, it doesn't really focus on that. It more so focuses on how students manage and use the knowledge they learn in school and how much they understand it, which I can argue is slightly better than America, whereas we learn and grow or we're raised to just complete a test instead of learn what's actually on the test. This is Helen. Um, I believe the Chinese education system, their purpose is really just to create these 
like competitive businessmen type that aren't necessarily creative because they don't really focus on creativity as much as they do responsibility, intellectual intelligence, and things like that. Um, I don't really believe that that's superior or any less superior to the American school system. Uh, now we're not we're not really focused on creativity, but we're not as focused on just being business people. We do have discussions where we discuss what's necessary and doing. Um, Projects like this where we discuss the the objective of education and like different things that we should value um I don't believe that they had they have that in their system and if they do it's not as um it's not a big thing there so I think they're focusing on really just book smarts and I don't think that's a good thing and I'll end it off and I think that the purpose of education should be to you know encourage you know give students the tools and the resources in order to make their communities better. And I feel like China, even though they're kind of trying to do that, they want, you know, the Chinese students to, you know, be top of the top. I feel like they're doing it incorrectly. I feel like that while they should focus on the top of the top, they should also focus on people with different creative outlets or different, you know, careers instead of just trying to focus on making everybody a businessman. And I f understand that, like, you know, China has a grand, like, a really grandiose, big growing economy. But I also feel like that, you know, it is it is catching up to like you know how big how like how much trade there is in China. They already have a lot of businessmen doing business work in China. I feel like that you just can't keep make trying to make everybody a businessman. You have to you know give different creative outlets. And I feel like you know you shouldn't have one test that decides the future of your life in China. Because even though I don't necessarily agree fully with the American education system, I do feel like there are some things that are better. For example, there's different out like there's different requirements, you know, there's different things that you can use to show a college that, you know, there's different things you can use to show a college that you want to get into a school. Um colleges in America they look at different things. They look at your transcript, teacher recommendations, extracurricular activities you have and they give scholarships based on that. But I feel like in China they're really focused on you knowing book smart and I agree with Helen, I feel like, you know, you can't just focus on book smart. And with that, that is our final podcast. And we will move on to our sources. So first source we have is how does education in China compare with others from China Power? Um, the Chinese education system from internations. China's Gaokao may be the world's hardest exam, and it can determine a student's entire future by Faith Moore from PJ Media. A Day in the Life of Chinese Students by Sarah Butrimowicz. And, and I'm going to pass Bria for another source. Um, another one is by edu another one is called Education in China: A Snapshot by OECD. The reference I mostly used was the differences between the Chinese and American education system from International News. And the final reference we have is China's Educational Aim and Theory from Springer.com. All right, thank you, everybody.